Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. It's always an honor, always a privilege to connect with you. Praise God. We're just grateful that you're connecting with us. And So anyway, let's jump right into the Word of God today. We're going to come out of the book of Joshua, chapter 1, please. Joshua, chapter 1. Hallelujah. And we're going to read a little piece of this. And uh, the idea is that... Uh, uh, Today I want to start maybe kind of a, a short little series on taking our promised land, amen, and what it means to take our promised land. And so we're going to use Joshua 1 as our uh, uh, text here for this and uh, kind of little by little kind of go through this here in the next, uh, you know, maybe next few weeks kind of a thing. Uh, so anyway, I hope you got an ear to hear this, praise God. Uh, verse 1 just says this, Joshua 1.1 1, 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Amen. So obviously, uh, you know, it's uh, again talking and communicating with Joshua, the Lord himself talking to him and communicating with him. And it goes on to say, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Obviously, a lot of land there. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for this, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land uh, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you, and not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Obviously, God wants you to succeed. Amen. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then... You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, this is verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, obviously repeats himself multiple times here, do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now obviously, this is a word of the Lord to Joshua, amen. And uh, telling, basically giving him some simple instructions about taking the promised land. Now, if you recall what has happened, um, Moses, of course, and the children of Israel have been wandering in a wilderness now for 40 years uh, due to some, you know, some choices they made. Uh, really, in a sense, uh, the scripture talked about how they limited God uh, based on words, based on things they did, actions. Of course, a lot happened in that 40 years, but uh, it's time now for the promised land to be taken, all right? In other words, for the children of Israel, the word makes it real clear that it is a promised land, 
Amen. In fact, many times refers to it as a land flowing with milk and honey, which is just a symbolic of, uh, of prosperity, of uh, success, of the blessing. And that's really what it refers to as you kind of study that out. But he's talking about a blessed life. Amen. When you refer to the promised land, um, it's t- a type and a shadow of things to come. And the scripture brings out. And many times people say, well, it's a type and shadow of heaven itself, uh, which I beg to differ because it is not. Because in the promised land, you have enemies. You have those that oppose you, those that, re- that uh, resist you, that really are trying to, um, to get you to quit, give up, to falter, to make wrong decisions and choices. So all of this is happening as they take the promised land. So you have to understand that's not talking about heaven because you have no enemies in heaven. What it's referring to is the life that we're all called to live. It's a blessed life. Jesus called it the abundant life, praise God. Amen in John 10. Uh, the scriptures are clear too that, that Paul called it the life of God. I believe it's in Ephesians 4 it brings that out. Amen. So anyway, it's a blessed life, a life that we're called to. Now, real quick, maybe what I'll do here, um, you know, it's referred to as a promised land, a promised land, okay, a promised land. So let's maybe talk about that for a minute. The word uh, promise uh, just means an expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based, a expressed, something that's spoken, okay, an expressed Assurance. I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be spoken in the sense that you hear it verbally, but it has to be expressed. So it could be recorded like the scriptures. In fact, let's do this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Now I'm kind of on strict uh, assignment here today. Uh, to take my time with this, all right, because there's a part of me that just kind of wants to rush through this, and I've got to kind of slow down and take it easy, praise God, to make the, so that everybody gets a hold of this, all right? All right, so let's see, 2 Corinthians, please. Let's see here, and I'm going to go kind of a common verse here, but we're going to look at it, verse 20 of chapter 1, 120 of 2 Corinthians, just says this, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen. In other words, so be it, that word amen means. So yes and amen or so be it. All right, all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes and amen, amen, to the glory of God through us. In other words, everything that God has promised is still holding true for every everyone. He just needs people to grab hold of it, praise God. Now, again, the word promise, let's define it again. The word promise is defined as an expressed, an expressed assurance on which expectation, now we're talking about your expectation, is to be based. In other words, when somebody expresses it, and so uh, as I said earlier, you, you know, it's something verbalized or something recorded. So ultimately it was verbalized and then recorded for you and me, we're talking about in the scriptures here, all right, our promises. Now, 
Some people have taken the time to count the promises. Um, I've never done that. I just know there's a lot of them in there. Um, they say there's anywhere from seven to 10,000 promises in here, which is a lot of promises, okay, that deal with every area of our life, everything from uh, a born-again experience to uh, a life well-lived to, uh, you know, health, wholeness, prosperity, uh, and, and actually uh, part of your promises is a life, uh, an eternal life in heaven, praise God, and, you know, life uh, with God, you know, for all eternity, praise God. So, uh, you know, these are promises all through that deal with every area of our life. Promises, praise God. Now, let's look at something here real quick. Go to the book of Hebrews in chapter 8, please. Now, remember, we're talking about a promised land, all right? There's, see, this land was promised to the children of Israel. Now, you know as well as I do, the first generation, of course, didn't go in and partake of that promised land. So, but that didn't make it any less promised, okay? It was a promised land that they did not experience based on their own choices and their own decisions, okay? And so as a result of that, they did not enter in, all right? Now, the next generation, of course, with Joshua gets to enter into that promised land, amen, and that's why we're looking at this thing about this thing called promise, because you have a life in God that's been promised to you, all right? You have promises within the scriptures, amen, that are for you. In fact, uh, Psalmist says this, that talks about, uh, you know, he's daily loading benefits upon you, okay? Okay, that's, that's a promise, okay? There's all kinds of things that God's willing to give and benefits that he's trying to get to you. And the scriptures are real clear even about that, that not to forget about those benefits, praise God, all right? That's all part of that uh, thing of the promises that are given unto you, praise God. Now, Hebrews 8 and verse 6 says this. All right, let me get to it. <clears throat> Hebrews 8 and verse 6 says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, of course, talking in context, talking about Jesus, inasmuch as he is also mediator, okay, which just means, in a sense, the go-between, right, uh, of a better covenant, okay, a better covenant which was established on better promises. Of course, because of Jesus, we have what we refer to as the new covenant. You have the old covenant, okay, which would include the Mosaic covenants, the Abrahamic covenants, okay? Uh, we have the old covenant, then comes into the new covenant, which is uh, with Jesus, all right? He's trying to bring out that Jesus is our mediator between man and God. He's the mediator, amen, of, it says here, of a better covenant, okay? Now, the reason I'm reading this because it says that this covenant was established on better promises, okay? Again, the word promises, right? an expressed assurance on which one's expectation, in other words, your expectation, my expectation or anticipation, we could say our hope, right? Our expectation is based on. You can base your expectation on the promises that have been, or been spoken, okay? Or we could say expressed is how it's actually defined, expressed, all right? So it says here that these, this new covenant is established on new and better promises, 
Okay, so what is a covenant? Okay, the word covenant is defined as a testament. That's why a lot of times you hear the Old Testament, the New Testament, or it's referred to as the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, or the, uh, the New Covenant would be referred to as the covenant of our Lord Jesus Christ, sometimes depending on, on your Bible and how it's worded. But it means a testament or a will, okay, a will and testament, okay, which refers to a contract, okay, or a writing that is containing agreements or promises that have been made. Now, just hang on to that, right? So, in other words, an exp- uh, a, a, a will, a testament, a contract, a, uh, which refers to writings contained or, or, or containing writings of agreements or promises that have been made. This is what you have right in front of you here, okay? An Old Testament, a New Testament, what it is is writings of, uh, what do you, how do you word it, of agreements and promises that have been made. See, it's not, the Bible's not just a history book. It has a lot of history in it. The Bible's not just, you know, a, a, a list of do's and don'ts. It has some do's. It has some don'ts in it, absolutely. It's, it's not just about the law. It has the law in it, amen. It's not just about uh, the story of our Lord Jesus Christ. It has that in it, amen. It's not just about the story of the disciples. It has that in it, amen. Uh, but what you have to understand that in this is referred to as a will, a testament, a contract, if you will. Amen. Containing writings of agreements and promises that have been made. All right? So in this are promises. All right? Now, what you have in here, okay, in this new covenant, amen, what you find is the life that you're called to. Okay, all these promises are trying to point you toward, or maybe I could say establish the life that you're called to. The more of the promises in this word that you walk in, that you believe in or receive and walk in, the more of that blessed life you will begin to live, that abundant life that Jesus said, the life of God that Paul said, amen you walk in what we would refer to as your promised land, praise God. That's why we're taking our time with this, amen. Because you have a promised land that you are to obtain as a child of God. And we're taking the examples of Joshua, how what the Lord instructed Joshua in order for him to possess that land, amen, to take hold of that land, You know, even uh, Paul writes to Timothy to lay hold of that eternal life which you've been called to. That that word eternal life is not just referring to a quantity of time. It refers to that which is perpetual, but it really refers to a quality of life. All right. And he says, you got to lay hold of that. You got to take hold of that. All right. You don't want that just to pass you by. You want to grab hold of that. In fact, the scriptures are are pretty clear that, uh, in fact, Jesus said that eternal life, he defines it in John 17, that that it is knowing the one true God and the one in whom he sent. So when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, what you did then is you began to step into this thing called eternal life or that quality of life that you're called to. Again, the abundant life, the blessed life, 
the life of God. Amen. Or what we're referring to as, amen, through this series anyway, your promised land. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Hebrews, we're in Hebrews. Let's back up a chapter or two. Let's do chapter six. Because, you know, we're talking about, you know, possessing, uh, you know, promised land, you know, walking in your promises, you know, grabbing hold of the life that you're called to. And it says this, in, and I'm just kind of just throwing this out for the moment, and then maybe in time as we get into this, we'll come back to this. But it just says this, that you, verse 12 of chapter 6 of Hebrews says, that you do not become sluggish. Uh, that literally just means uh, uh, maybe my, your crossroads might even say lazy, but it's referring to really about avoiding pain. In other words, you're, because of the pressure, you're backing up or you're not doing what you should be doing or moving forward. It says, but because you became sluggish, but we're called what? To imitate, to mimic that word. Actually, the Greek word is mimic. Okay, where well, we get our word mimic, to imitate or mimic those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So again, all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen, amen, and you're looking at a, a new covenant, a better covenant, which is established on better promises. But obviously, in order for those promises to manifest in your life, you're going to have to walk in some faith. Come on now. You're going to have to walk in some consistency or patience. That word actually means constancy or to be consistently constant, amen. So faith and constancy or patience, you inherit your promises. Now, the promises are there to inherit. Amen. Yes and amen, or so be it, are all the promises of God. But you can make a decision in your life to not give heed to things, not believe in it, not trust in it, not put your confidence in it, and as a result of it, you don't inherit what's rightfully yours. All right? I hope you're hearing that. Let's look at another reference on that in chapter 10 of Hebrews. Hallelujah. Hope you're getting something here. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. Again, I'm kind of jumping in the middle of a statement, but just trying to make my point so I can move on here today. Verse 36 says, For you have need, this is 10, 36 of Hebrews, for you have need of endurance. Okay, that just means, again, talking about that constancy or consistency, praise God. You have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise, okay? Okay, so whatever the promise may be, amen, staying, you know, as we heard, read a little bit ago, faith and patience or faith and consistency. Here it says through endurance or constancy, meaning that actually it might even be the same exact word. It's at least out of the same root word, amen, as patience. So constancy, all right, but it says that if you have done the will of God. In other words, what God's has asked of you, okay? And that's the key here because what he's done, he's given instruction to Joshua. In other words, that's the will of God to Joshua. He said, if you will grab hold of this, you will trust in what I'm saying to you. You will believe in what I'm saying to you. Amen. And you walk this out, you will inherit that promised land. Amen. Here it says you'll receive the promise. Okay. So that holds true to you and me. So God is giving us instruction on how to do this, amen, and hopefully we all have an ear to hear it, praise God. Hallelujah. So with that said, let's go back to Joshua 1. Joshua 1 again. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Joshua 1. And let's look at 
verse 1 again. And it just says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. All right, now, what a, what a eulogy, right? A pretty, about a five-word eulogy. Moses, my servant is dead. So he's just making it clear here. He's talking and communicating with Joshua. All right, in verse 1, it says, The Lord spoke to Joshua. That's the first thing I want to bring out, okay? So the first thing, if we're going to take our promised land, if we're going to live in the life of God that we're called to, in the abundant life, in the blessed life, amen, uh, you know, several references here just in this text here talks about a successful life, amen, a profitable or productive life, amen. Hallelujah, just some things we're going to talk about as we get into this, amen. In order to, to live that walk, that first and foremost comes to this, you're going to have to stay attentive, amen, because God is wanting to talk. God's wanting to communicate. Now, Joshua has a relationship already established with the Lord, amen. In fact, the scriptures are pretty clear uh, that Joshua sought God, communed with God, amen, even on a regular basis. In fact, maybe keep your finger right there. Let's maybe back up. We'll do this. Go to Exodus chapter 33, please. Praise the Lord. Exodus and 33. And um, I think it's worthy of reading this. Um, because when we're talking about, you know, staying attentive, you know, keeping your, your, your ears, you know, kind of bent toward God, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm touching my physical ears. Of course, we're really referring to the inward ear, uh, you know, the ear of faith, we could say. Um, you know, you got you to gotta stay attentive because God is wanting to communicate with you and me about things to lead us, guide us, and direct us, okay? Now, it doesn't just you know, happen automatically. Now, it's always available, but you have to establish a relationship with the Lord. In other words, you got to learn to commune uh, with the Lord on a daily basis, amen, to develop your hearing, amen, so that you can hear, okay? Just hang on to that. Now, in Exodus 33 and verse 7, it says, Moses took his tent, verse 7 here, he took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord, notice and you also said everyone who sought the Lord. Now, everyone was, 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 you know, it was available for anybody. Everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. You know, this tent, right? So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. In other words, out of respect to Moses, when Moses was heading from his where he slept at night, when he would leave his tent uh, with his family and move, uh, you know, walk toward the tent of, of, of meeting, the tabernacle of meeting, I guess it's referred to, amen, and to commune with God, they would all get up and they, out of respect to Moses as he walked through the camp, they all got up, uh, he stood outside their tent, watched uh, until he went into the tent. And then it said here, uh, so it was whenever Moses uh, went out of the tabernacle, all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone to the tabernacle. And it came to pass, verse 9, that when Moses entered the tabernacle, the pillar of cloud that was always there, right? The pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, still there. The cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked 
with Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. Now, I just want you to know, they all, they all hung out at their tent door. Now, remember, anyone that wanted to seek God could go to the tabernacle of meeting. But you notice, nobody really did that. Okay, now they gave respect to Moses as he went. Now, this is all key, okay, because the problem we have a lot of times is we may be leaning on the man of God or the woman of God, the, you know, your pastor, the, uh, maybe the one that, that you, uh, you know, have submitted yourself to in the area of ministry, uh, you know, church. Uh, you know, uh, so you may say, well, my pastor seeks God. And, and that's a wonderful thing. You, you know, the, the, he ought to, the man of God or the woman of God ought to have respect and honor. But how many know that the best thing that you could do is not just give them respect as they seek God? We're all called to seek God. Amen. Uh, you know, we're, we're called to give honor and respect where it's due. But we're all, all called to seek God. All called. Now listen, because this is so key. If you're going to be attentive to hear, all right, you're going to have to uh, you know, do more than just uh, wait for the pastor to get the word of the Lord, all right? Now, praise God. You're, hopefully, your, your pastor or the man of God or woman of God that you're connected with, hopefully they're hearing from heaven and getting a, a direction. But you, too, as a child of God, if you're ever going to walk in your promised land, if you're ever going to walk in the life of God that you're called to, you're going to have to have an ear to hear. And how that happens is you're going to have to develop intimacy and friendship Amen. A, a fellowship, pardon me, with God. I guess I could say a friendship with God, because if you go down to verse 11, it says here that, uh, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, come on now, as a man speaks to his friend. And he uh, then would return to the camp. Okay. So he'd go seek God, communicate with God. But let's look at something else here. Okay. It says, but See, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, okay, the man who he's talking to in Joshua 1, right? Okay, the young man did not depart from the tabernacle. So obviously, he took, you know, what, when, when it said that everyone who sought the Lord could go there, he said, well, then I'm going to go seek God. So he went, obviously was there when Moses was communicating with God face to face. And we have other references, even when he went up on the mount, uh, to get the uh, Ten Commandments, that whole scenario is up there 40 days. The Scriptures are very clear that, that the assistant Joshua went with uh, Moses to the top of the mountain, amen, as he was communicating with God. And the Word is very clear that 40 days later when he came down, amen, the, again, the Scriptures are very clear that Joshua was right there waiting for him. Okay, so the whole time he's there as an assistant serving the man of God. Okay, he did the same thing here. But when, the, when Moses, the man of God, left the tabernacle of meeting, Joshua stayed. Why? Because Joshua himself is developing intimacy, a friendship, a fellowship, a communion with his heavenly father. Are you hearing this? Praise God. And that's why when you go back now to Joshua 1, and it says that the Lord spoke to Joshua, right? The son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying. So in other words, he's, he's communicating because obviously Joshua has developed. And we're actually, you see it multiple times through the book of Joshua. 
where there's multiple times where the Lord himself is communicating directly with Joshua. All right. Didn't, he didn't have to just communicate through, uh, you know, the high priest. OK, he communicated directly with Joshua. Now, why is that? Because he developed a relationship. He developed, amen, an ear to hear God. Amen. Because he communed with God. He took the time to do that. You and me, if we're going to be a people to walk in the life that we're called to, that has got to be key. We got to be attentive. Amen. Because God is wanting to walk you through this. You want to know how, why marriages can work? Because you're attentive to hear God. You can have the marriage you're called to. You can have the life you're called to. You can have the family you're called to. You can have the business you're called to. You can have the, uh, you know, the, the health you're called to. Amen. All of this is a part of that abundant life, that life of God, that, that promised land as a child of God that you're called to possess. It's there for you. Amen. All these promises are yes and amen, are for you, but you're going to have to be first and foremost attentive. You're going to have to stay attentive because God is wanting to communicate with you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's look at a verse in Psalms 37, please. Psalms 37. Hallelujah. Key verse here, uh, when you're sometimes talking about these things, Psalms 37, and just says this. In verse 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered, okay, by the Lord, all right? And he delights in his way, all right? So, in other words, the steps of a good man, in other words, as a man walks this thing out, steps this out, why is it? It says, because the steps have been ordered. Now, it doesn't mean that every step an individual takes has been ordered by God. That's not true. We know that to be yeah, I mean, you all have to do is look at a few individuals in the scriptures, you know, doggone well, they're not being led by God. So it isn't just living life how you want to. See, the idea is the fact that there's been an order, okay, something that's uh, been declared, amen. It literally means as a, it's kind of more of a military type term. In other words, there's something that's been decreed, and then you're called to follow it out or walk it out, in other words. So there's been an order that's been given, and you walk it. So a righteous man or a good man, uh, if he's if he's a good man, he's going to hear those orders and then take those steps. And then, see, it says then you know, that he will delight in his way, okay? And so, in other words, the way is going to be made right and done right. It's going to be a good thing because you're hearing the order, you're taking the steps. Another reference on this would be Psalm, or probably Proverbs 3 in uh, verses 5 and 6, a common text, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, here we go, acknowledge him and he will direct your steps, right? See, that comes, amen, God wants to lead your steps. God wants to direct you, but you're going to have to be attentive. You're going to have to be able to hear those orders, the instructions, amen, what to do, what not to do, when to say this, when not to say it, okay, when to sign on the dotted line, when not to. I mean, if you want to live in the life that you're called to, we want to be led in all of our decisions. We want to be led in our relationships. We want to be led in the choices that we make, the decisions that we make. We want to be led in it. Amen. But you're going to have to be attentive. Praise God. Hallelujah. The scriptures are pretty clear, too. In Romans 8, I always got some verse out of Romans 8, don't I? Romans 8 and 14 talks about, uh, you know, about 
you know, being led by the Spirit of God. Okay, it says if you're led by the Spirit of God that you're going to be, uh, you know, His child. And the word really refers to uh, Son of God. It refers to weos or a mature one. But the idea is that the part of your maturity is based on how much you're going to let Him lead you or how well you can be led. All right, that's Romans 8 and 14, by the way. All right, so praise God. Let's go to, we're in Psalm. Let's go to Proverbs. Let's do that. Proverbs and 20, please. Proverbs in 20. Hallelujah. Hope, you get, hope you're hearing this. Proverbs in 20. And verse 12 says this, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. Okay? Now, the reason I mentioned that, I thought it's worthy of bringing up, is because God has made your ear to hear. He's made your eye to see things and your ear to hear things. And I don't believe that's just referring to the physical ear and the physical eye, okay? Because the scriptures are clear that you can, you know, you have an inner ear and the scriptures are clear that the eyes of your understanding can be enlightened. So we know that's not talking about the physical eye or the physical ear, okay? So I believe he's referring to here is that you will have the ability to see things that the Lord wants to show you and hear the things that the Lord wants to speak to you. This is how Jesus ministry, his life was so successful. He made it real clear. I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. Now, the scriptures say in John 10, amen, that, uh, you know, that he's given you uh, an ear. Amen. Now, listen, he says, his sheep, listen, know his voice, hear his voice, and then hopefully follow his voice, right? So his sheep, know his voice, hear his voice, and follow his voice. And it says, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. All right? And you're one of his sheep, praise God. So you have an ear that can hear. Amen. We just sometimes have to take the time to discipline our hearing. And the only way that's going to happen is taking some time in communion with God on a daily basis. That's why it's so key. It's not about just coming into a place of prayer and give God your want list, okay? We all got wants. Don't get me wrong. We all got things we might, you know, think we have need of or whatever, and I get all that. You have those things that, you know, the Word talks about, the prayer of faith and making your requests known. All that's wonderful. All that's needed and all that's necessary. But the real key about fellowship with God, the real key about prayer is that that two-way street of communion with God, amen, I probably should do it more like this, communion with God, amen, where you're communicating and then pausing long enough, being still long enough to let him communicate back. This is like what Moses said, face to face as, as, as one talking to a friend, all right? And that's what Joshua came into. And as a result of it now, Joshua's in a place, amen, in a place where he can hear the voice of God. Amen. He's attentive. So if we're going to possess our promised land, it first starts off with being attentive. Let's go back to Joshua 1. Praise the Lord. I'd like to give you one more thing before I let you go here today. Joshua 1. And in verse 2 now, okay, so this is what he's saying to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. We've already read that. But he said, now, okay, now. So in other words, he, something's shifting and changing here, okay? 
This is what it used to be, but now, something different here, okay? Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. In other words, it's time now to cross that Jordan, okay? Of course, if you read on into Joshua, you see the whole scenario there, amen? This is right before they get to Jericho. They cross over. First place they go is Jericho, all right? But it said, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, uh, the children of Israel, of course, Goes on talking about every soul, your every place the soul your foot treads is yours. But let's look at this now. Now, therefore, okay, what's he talking about here? Well, not only do you have to stay in a place of being attentive, okay, or we, uh, as I said, uh, you know, having an ear to hear, okay, but you've also got to remain pliable because things change as you're being led by God. Amen. Everything from even the very beginning of your walk in God. Uh, you know, 2 Corinthians in 5 and 17 says that you are a new creation in Christ. Here we go. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, that required a change. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, it started right off the bat with something changing. Amen. Anytime you're going to be led by God and move forward in God to obtain the promises of God, there's going to be all kinds of things that shift and change as you do that. That's why you got to stay attentive, okay? But you've also got to stay, here we go, pliable, teachable, all right? That word means, all right? Moldable uh, refers to a process, amen? Uh, it refers to things like, okay, the Scriptures are real clear that you go from glory unto glory. You go from faith unto faith, grace upon grace all requires shifting, changing, adjustments. Come on now. And you have to be pliable if any of these things are going to operate in your life. Amen. The scriptures are also pretty clear that if you're going to walk in the light, it requires change. That if you want to reach forward in your life and move forward, press forward in life, it's going to require change. If you want to go higher in the things of God, it's going to require change. If you want to be transformed, by the renewing of your mind, it's going to require, here we go, change, all right? If you want to bear more fruit, the scriptures are clear, amen, there's going to have to be some pruning, which requires change. Come on now, growth and development, anywhere you see in here, especially getting into like, you know, Ephesians and place where it's talking about growth and development as a child of God always requires change, all right? Change is not a bad thing. Change can be a wonderful thing when you're being led by God. So you remain attentive and you have got to remain pliable, praise God. Let's go back to, um, I tell you what, let's do it this way. Let's do to Isaiah. Do this first and then we're going to go back to Psalms again. Isaiah 43, kind of wrapping her up here, but let's, let's just take it on home with a few verses here. All right, so Isaiah. Yeah, this is a good one. Isaiah chapter 43 says this in verse 18. I thought it'd be worthy to throw this one in here. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. You shall not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Praise God. Talking about all kinds of things shifting and changing. And we could talk about everything from uh, you know, the new covenant here to things uh, transpiring with the life of God, everything that's, that's ahead here. Okay, all of it's talking about 
I'm going to do a new thing, all right? That's a wonderful thing. Now, let's look at Psalms 37. That's when I want to kind of go back to that. I think we were there in earlier, Psalms and 37. Hallelujah. Psalms 37, and it says this, praise God, in verse 4 and 5, a common verse. You've all heard this, but I want you to hear it in the light of what we're talking about here. Verse 4 says, Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight yourself, here we go, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. It goes on to say, verse 5, Commit your way to the Lord. Here we go. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. What's He going to bring to pass? Well, the desires of your heart. But now let's back up to verse 4. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord. And I thought it was worthy of mentioning this because the word delight, you know, a lot of times when people look at this word, uh, you know, they see it as it means to take pleasure in or to find your joy in. But guess what? This word also means soft and pliable. It means moldable. Amen. If you want things to come to pass in your life, Amen. The promised land, the life of God, the abundant life. Come on now. If you want the blessed life, amen, you're going to have to remain soft and pliable. You're going to have to remain, amen, in a place, amen, pliable, not only attentive, but you're going to have to be pliable. Amen. So God can do something with you. Praise God. These are so key. When he's talking to Joshua here, that not only is he trying to lead him, you know, speak to him, he's saying, listen, you're going to have to be willing to follow this. Now, when I lead you, all right? Now, we didn't get very far into Joshua 1 here. Uh, next week, we're going to kind of dive into this and go a little bit further with this. Uh, but today, I just wanted to establish the fact that you got to stay attentive and you got to stay pliable. Amen. If you will do that, that's a good start. Amen. To, to possessing your promised land to possessing the life that you're called to, the abundant life, praise God. Hallelujah. You got to stay pliable, praise God. Stay attentive and stay pliable, praise God. I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for this people that they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Father, I'm thankful, praise God, hallelujah, that the eyes of their understanding are being enlightened. I'm thankful today, Lord God, that this people, praise God, are a people who will possess their promised land. They will possess the life they're called to, walking in the fullness of God, in all the promises of God, and we give you praise and glory for it in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Hey, child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.